This is Yosef Lee. Uh, you are now listening to the First Deal Show. Welcome to the First Deal Show with your host Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. Welcome back, 402. This is your host here, Caroline with a K, with a special guest, Yosef Lee, who is a believer, father, South Korean immigrant lawyer, and uh, founder of Syndicro, a multifamily apartment syndication company based in New York. Welcome, Yosef. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Yeah, excited to have a fellow New Yorker here on the show. So, we start the show off the same way every week with the Kiss Me segment. So the 402 is going to get to know you a little bit better. And I also get to know you a little bit more personally. So the first question, as always, is what was the first album that you purchased? So my first album that I purchased, gosh, it was a long time ago. It was like probably, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. But it was, really? I you remember. like you're 25. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I remember the first one and probably that's the only one. I purchased mm. back then was uh, it was a CD uh, and it was Queen and I remember the album that has Bohemian Rhapsody in it. Oh, great! That's a great band and a great song. Oh, I love the song. Um, and the next question is: What was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate? Um, well, I guess I had some limiting beliefs in the beginning. Um, it was. Uh, no way that I can invest artists outside of my backyard because I was back then, you know, as you know, New York is really expensive. And because I wanted to go to multifamily and if I want to go to multifamily, the big ones, it's usually the institutional money play. So individual like us, you know, it's not easy to get in. So I started looking to outside of the state, but then yet I still carried over my uh, limiting beliefs. Like there's no way that I can invest outside of my backyard. How can I trust all the people that I never met? Because uh, I needed to find somebody as a boots on the ground in out of state, right? And um, also another limiting belief, the common one, I guess, uh, what I had was um, you need lots of money to start, right? And something like I should start small, like single or duplex before going to multifamily. Um, well, these are the limiting beliefs that I had in the beginning that was, that was kind of pushing me um, and then I just had some moment of analysis paralysis, period. Yeah, that's fair. I think a lot of people get stuck in those exact reasons, right? Um, so then tell us, what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? During the pandemic, um, I realized that I cannot work 100% at home. <laughs> I, I need to go out and meet people. Like in the beginning, I thought it was good because, you know, I had a lot of uh, time uh, and at home alone and I was able to focus in the beginning. But soon I realized I needed to interact with people um, in the office or outside the office, but somewhere. Uh, yet I also figured out I don't really need to go to the office five days a week. So maybe like hybrid of two or three days at home and two or three days in the office or vice versa would be great. Yeah, that's awesome. 
And finally, what is your favorite quote? My favorite quote, uh, what? Thing that I could now think of that, that comes into my mind is, you are the average of five people that you are hanging out, you're hanging out the most. So that's, uh, I, I recall that's from Dan Pena. He's one of the businessmen that I kind of follow. And he's, he's always, he always says that, that you are the average of five people that you hang out the most. And I truly believe in that. It's, it's about surrounding yourself with positive and high energy people versus surrounding yourself with toxic people. And depends on that, that kind of decides how you're going to turn out. Oh, yeah. I'm 100% um, in that same line of thought. And that's why I get to bring on and talk to awesome guests like you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, uh, Yosef, we know that you are based in the lovely New York City, but tell us where are you actively investing? Um, the market that I'm investing right now is Kansas, Missouri, and Ohio. Oh, that's great. Do you know uh, Ken Hines? Ken Hines. Um, if I see him, I may recognize, but just by listening to the name, it doesn't come to me now. Oh, because he invests in. Um... Kansas City, also. Kansas City. Okay, I yeah. have pro- I have probably 20, 30 people that I'm connected to who are investing in Kansas. So. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> very nice. Um, cool. So then, with that being said, let's get to the meat and bones. So, uh, what was your first deal? Um, so my first deal uh, was forty four unit apartment complex in in Kansas. Uh, that was we got that under contract back in, I believe. September of 2020 and the owner wanted to close it within the 2020 so we worked hard to push that along throughout all the discovery and inspection and finally was able to close in December 2020. Wow that's awesome so how did you go about picking that market and you know give us a little bit more so you've got this 44 unit you found a seller who's like I'm done I want out and then who helped you along the way how did you find the deal? all that good stuff so before finding the deal uh, i joined a uh, i joined a multifamily investor group called jake and gino oh. and through that group i met my boots underground partner and um, his name is joe from kansas and with him we started underwriting deals together probably we underwrote about 50 or 70 ish deals before finding the deal and then I also had another partner joining the team from California. So three of us were as a main group. Uh, and then another, uh, my mentor, Marco, we joined the group too. And then we started looking at the deals together. And I believe that was Joe's friend who found this deal, who knew the seller. So the seller, he connected the seller to us. And the seller back then wanted to get out of the deal so that he could scale up to go bigger. Um, so that's how we, the team was formed. Very cool. And then um, how did you guys go about financing the deal? And so we know your boots on the ground and what was everyone else's expertise? Like, why did you choose those people to bring in um, to be part of the general partnership? So, um, well, first of all, my first deal is not syndication deal. This is JV, so joint venture deal. So we had um, uh, myself uh, taking care of uh, legal due diligence side, right? Because I'm an attorney. I have boots on the ground partner in, in the local market. And then we brought um, another partner from California. 
who had an experience with syndication. So he, uh, we wanted him to become more like an overseer of the process. And then Marco is also, my mentor was also experienced in many, many syndications and JV structures. So we uh, brought it in into the team so that he could also be overseer. And then he brought in another capital uh, members. So we had a six members, six partners total. And uh, the deal was back then seller was asking $2 million and we got it on the contract for $1.825 million. And That's a nice raised, discount. Yes, yes. And then we raised, I believe 550-ish the rest was a uh, community bank. So um, with this deal, like, did you guys, so talk a little bit about the difference between a joint venture and a syndication for the 402. Sure. So you could, joint venture relatively is we, we use joint venture structure relatively when we go to smaller properties, somewhere from 15 to 40-ish units because the raise is relatively lower compared to the syndication and then we want we can we can keep it smaller like small number of partners which is easier to manage and in joint venture everyone is general partners so everyone has to take up some roles and actively involved in the deal and management of the deal whereas the syndication uh the difference is it has two different groups in the deal general partners called GP and limited partners, we just simply call them LP. So GP are the one, like just like the joint venture deal, they do all the work, they bring, they find a deal, they analyze the deal, they bring it on the table for the limited partners. And then limited part, partners are the ones who just put money and waste for the return. GPs are the one who goes through uh, the inspection and they, they pay the money, earnest money down to lock the deal on the contract and inspection and legal due diligence, finance due diligence and everything, bring the, uh, bring the lending side in. They signed it, they signed the loan. And um, they also, after closing, they also manage the deal. So GPs are the ones who are actively involved. LPs are the ones who are passively involved and just waiting for the return. So these are big difference between JV and syndication. And syndication tends to be uh, you, you could go bigger with that because you can raise an unlimited amount of money if you want to and if you're capable of. So uh, the deals I see for syndications are somewhere from 50 unit or 75 units to 200 plus. That's great. What a great uh, short and simple explanation for the 402. Um, so tell us like, so you bought the deal in September of 2020, and this is like during the pandemic, no? It is during the pandemic. Actually, we got it on the contract in September and we closed it in December 2020. Yeah. So how was that? Like, you know, how did you feel about investing in real estate at, during the like middle of the pandemic, right? Because it started March. So at that point, things had gotten a little bit better, but still... No, it was right in the middle of the pandemic. I don't think it got a little better even by then. Oh. Um, but my thought process was this. It was, well, so I feel really bad for those who love, uh, for those who lost loved ones. But to me personally, 
uh, pandemic was like a disguised blessing because for uh, probably three, four months, I didn't have to do anything, just educating myself with multifamily. And then I was able to network through Zoom call, probably uh, at least two, three people a day, right? As constantly, I try to find the partners, I was able to do that. And then just taking lots of actions, even if I was just uh, stuck at home through this technology, Zoom, meeting partners and online educations, et cetera. So that was to me like a blessing. And um, that's when like everybody was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know what's gonna happen. Let's just wait and see uh, without really doing anything. And they were kind of being a spectator. That's when the real players I learned are actually going actively into uh, acquired the properties. And I learned that from my partners and my mentors. So that's what I did together with them. And I, I think it's something uh, that I could just pet myself on <laughs> because I, looking back, it was the right choice that, uh, that I made. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You have to have that faith, right? Because if you're just scared, then you won't do anything or take any action. So it sounds like you were not afraid of this pandemic. I was not. I was not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, the actual deal. So it's been about two years almost, right, that you guys have had this. Like, how has it been going? Was it um, did you have to do a lot of maintenance on it or was it well maintained? How's that moving along? So when we acquired that property, it was, um, the maintenance was separate, meaning it was not really taken care of because the owner, uh, I think I think he bought it like really long time ago, decades ago. So it was just cash flowing. He didn't have, he didn't have, he didn't have any loan, I believe. So it was just cash flowing for him and cash cow. So he didn't really upgrade anything. And uh, the tenants were there just paying because it was below market rent. Right. So when we took over uh, the rent, the average rent was approximately one hundred fifty to two hundred dollar lower than the surrounding apartments. Right. So what we did when we took over, we started uh, renovating units and pushing the rents up. Right. To catch the market. Uh, like every month we try to turn like three, four uh, tenants and we go. We went then we went uh, to raise and we were able to raise it to the market rate after two years, about about $150 by now. I think we by now we turned about 50% and we still have 50% to go, but we were able to catch $150 uh, per unit rent bump in average. And Another thing we did was to turn the month-to-month -month tenants into a long-term lease. Back then we had about, I think about 60% of tenants were uh, just month-to-month, -month, over 50%. And then we slowly turned them into a long-term lease. Now we are probably on 90% of long-term lease. So that's uh, another thing that we did. That's what great. Else? Right? I mean, we that's didn't. pretty impressive that like, you know, this landlord, he's a slumlord, didn't update anything. And then you guys came in and you made a better place for people to live. And then you increased the rent a little bit. And then you got probably better quality tenants also living in the units. 
Right, better quality tenants. It's it's a C plus C minus C plus area and C C type C class property. So I will say the tenant base is still workforce, but they're nice people. There is some not. Uh, we were able to evict two people throughout pandemic. Um, that's that's what differentiates the market, right? From New York, you will never be able to uh, evict anyone in in a couple months, right? Much less a year. But there, we were able to evict two tenants who are not paying for two, three months in 40, 48 days. Wow. Right? Almost yeah. within within the two months. So it was it was what differentiated the market. Um, as I said, we raised the rent uh, and caught up the market average. And with that, we were able to uh, apply for uh, cash out refinance. Mm-hmm. And the new appraisal came back. And actually, it was a lot more than we expected. They used lower cap rate than the higher cap rate. And then uh, last April, which was about a year and a half later, we were able to take out. So we took out the new loan, right? And then we paid off the old loans and the leftover money was more than what we put in in the beginning. So we took out 100% of our capital back, and now we are owning it for uh, free of our capital. So we call it infinite return. It's still cash flowing. Wow. So do you guys plan to hold on to it, or you think you'll sell it? We are planning to hold on to it. Just like myself, all my partners are into buying and holding for long term for cash flow. So we don't don't go and, and sell it and then make money and then pay tax. Uh, mm-hmm. This money that we're getting as cash flow as, as tax-free money through cost segregation study. And I mean, it's more so tax death row, but again, we're going to, we're not going to sell, which is keep, keep letting cash flow. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome that you're able to pull all your capital back out and probably at a very good interest rate if it was a year ago. Uh, well, when we bought it, it was 4%, 4, 4.2, I believe. But because the interest hike nowadays, the interest rate that we're looking at is five plus and close to six. However, we were able to lock in the interest rate right before interest hike. So we got the little lower interest rate than the original loan that we had. So four four point oh. So it was better that way. And also got the interest only period too for a year. So it helps. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's really, really great. So what if you could go back in time, right? It sounds like, you know, you really took advantage of the pandemic. Um, but if you could have started sooner, or I don't know, like if you could go back to when Yusuf, Yosef a few years ago, like what would you say or what would be one piece of advice that you would give yourself um, if you had to start this journey all over again? If I have to start this journey all over again, I'll do the same thing. Um, the oh. three thing, three main things I did was education, networking, and taking actions. Let's call it ENA, right? Education, networking, and action. I'll just do the same thing. That's what got me to where I am now through educating myself and surrounding myself with highly motivated other investors. And then just doing it, doing things, adding value to the team. And just just keep keep walking forward. So I'll do the same. Oh wow! And so you mentioned that you're an attorney. Do you have plans to stick 
to that position or do you think that eventually you'll transition to full-time real estate? I want to transition into full-time real estate, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to completely stop being an attorney because I like litigation too. So oh. I'll probably be more selective working like part-time. Oh, so you like going into the court and like making the, you know, presenting in front of the judge and doing all that stuff or? Uh, I'm okay with that. I want, I, I want to say I seek to do that, like enjoying oh. to do that, but I'm okay with that. The the side that I enjoy is um, the fact that I could start the case and move the case along from the beginning throughout the discovery phase to the disposition. It, it that comes to me similar similarly as syndication. I start looking for a property. If I find a good property, I bring it uh, to the table for the investors and convince and and you know convince them why this is a good opportunity and, and then we close. Uh, so I see the similarities between litigation and syndication there, the process. Mm. Moving the process from the beginning to the end, that's what I like and what I enjoy. Not necessarily going into court. I mean, that's fine. It's, it's fun to, to do as well, but okay, the overall so process is what I enjoy. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so where can the 402 find out more about you if they want to learn uh, about the stuff that you're up to and maybe to chat with you? Like, what's the best way to connect with you? Uh, I'm, I'm very active. I try to be very active on social media. So you could look me up and find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, and TikTok by using the same handle. It's Yosef, your Yosef, Y-O-S-E-F, Y-O-U-R-B-R-O-S-E-F. We recently closed 96 units and we have 108 units on the contract as a syndication. I'm pretty open book. I, I share my experience. I try to give out as many tips as possible if you want to learn about what syndication is. And if you're a business professional, I have many uh, business professional clients. They, they love what they do. They love to be a doctor, engineer, a lawyer but they just want their money to work for themselves because putting in a savings account doesn't really make sense now when the, inf uh, the inflation rate is over 5%, 7, right? You're gonna just keep losing your value. So they wanna put their money into somewhere that generates uh, more return to hedge the inflation. Stock market is one, one example but sometimes stock market can fluctuate like recently, right? So they also wanna put some into uh, real estate and diversify. That's when we come into play and help them out, which we are and which have, which help many. So if, you're, if you wanna know about how you can invest into an apartment together as a limited partner and uh, get great return, you know, reach out to me. And uh, my website is also, uh, yosepyourprocept.com so easy right yeah easy peasy you can't miss them okay. awesome well thank you so much yosep for coming on the show i really appreciate you taking the time and that is all folks 402 did you learn something or take away a golden nugget then i'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend and I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal 
story or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday. Bye.